0: been a lot of good tv this year
1: yeah maybe it's been a better year for tv than i don't know if that's true actually so many so many so many damn books
0: hello and welcome to so many damn books i'm christopher i'm drew and uh we don't have a guest this time it's just us
1: it's been a while yeah we keep looking to the empty third space in the room and being like, uh ah? Yeah. And then what
0: about you, empty third space? <laughs> What's your favorite book? Um, yeah. Well, we don't have to talk to the third space. We can just talk to each other. We, we can.
1: And we should. We should. Over, over these delicious steaming mugs of of beverage.
0: yeah I mean this is just this is like a a holiday classic. um I bought my Christmas tree today and I immediately I was like hot cocoa hot cocoa today
1: for those of you who don't know for new listeners uh it's Christopher's favorite time of the year. yeah well, I don't know if that's
0: true. I just love Christmas. uh-huh, I don't know about it being my favorite time of the year though.
1: oh, interesting so like you're not so much down with necessarily the weathery stuff,
0: yeah, I'm not like a snow guy.
1: Is that California? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, Sorry, man.
0: S- no, it's, it's okay. Uh, so this is just pretty much straightforward, just hot chocolate and whiskey. And But the thing is, the thing to make, um, you know, Swiss Miss packet hot chocolate taste better and, and really sort of rich is to line the bottom of your mug with mini marshmallows. Mm. And then your, then your everything goes on top, and even even your um even your whiskey while well, you're waiting for your water to boil. So everything everything comes a little friendly, mm-hmm. and uh, you you want to you want maybe just a few ounces of water. You kind of want a thicker thicker hot chocolate, yeah. Um, and then you you know with just a bit of whiskey, suddenly you're in the holiday spirit.
1: Yes, you like that phrase? Uh, Wait for it all to become friendly yeah you use that you use that A few frequently times. yeah yeah
0: I know I don't know what it, I don't know where it's good where listen
1: it. we you know peace and harmony man
0: peace and harmony peace and love yeah brother peace and love
1: get back to the 60s
0: <laughs> let's talk about books sure what'd you buy
1: two things. Uh, I picked up an advanced copy of Paul Auster's new novel, four, three, two, one. Oh, it's his first in a while. Yeah. Seven years. I Mm -hmm. think, uh, it's huge. It's like 800 some odd pages. So Uh, that's why. Yeah. He's been working. Um, I'm trying to go into it blank. It seems like it's just a big, uh, multi-generational epic sort Mm. of thing. And
0: you know, there's going to be like notebooks.
1: Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Man does love a good notebook.
0: As a plot device. Uh,
1: And the other thing on the complete other end of the spectrum, the very tiny new Warren Ellis novel. Normal. Normal,
0: Right. From FSG.
1: Yeah. Uh, Which they released as a sequential thingamabob. Um,
0: Oh, so this is like a
1: collected. Yeah. They released it serially online Mm. uh, in four parts and now they have collected it together.
0: It's a nice little slim thing.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to try to get it in for the end of the year. Nice. How about you?
0: Uh, I, we received a lovely mailing from an author, actually. Oh, yeah. Sending us her own work. And it was so beautiful. And she sent us a nice letter along with it. Um, and it's called The Summer That Melted Everything by Tiffany McDaniel. Nice. And it's about um, a boy arrives in a small town and he says he's the devil. And uh, uh, a family takes him in thinking he's sort of like a runaway. But then a bunch of terrible things start happening around the town.
1: Sounds like my kind of story.
0: Yeah. And uh, I sometimes I want to read like the sort of weather that I'm experiencing. <laughs> you know, I want to read like a snowy book while it's snowing or uh-huh. something. But every now and then it's also cool to kind of spite the weather and be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to read about the summer now. Winter. <laughs> Take that. Yeah.
1: As you stand outside dressed in several layers. But it's hood, all... for a hood.
0: <laughs> but it's all, like, vacation wear. <laughs> it's a lot of layers, but it's just, like, 30 pairs of swim trunks. <laughs> I'll keep you
1: warm in December. We were talking about what we ought to do for, for this episode, and we both started talking about escapism.
0: Yeah, um... You know, we we touched on this in the last episode a little bit, um, that, you know, regardless of how you feel about the election, yeah, um, we're a divided country and things are weird.
1: Things are weird. Yes. yes.
0: Um, I, I just feel like reality has been torn to sunder <laughs> and surreality is just, you know, uh, leaking in yeah. around the edges. Um, so... I, I often turn to books in times like this, and I wanted something for once. I wanted one of those things that was completely escapist.
1: Yeah. Um, Do you do that often? Is that a... I feel like
0: I used to do fantasy way more often, um, but my appetite for it has diminished. Yeah,
1: um, I feel it too.
0: I uh, I really loved... Patrick Rothfuss is the name of the wind. Ooh. Yeah. Um, We had cool news about that.
1: Yeah. Lynn. Manuel Miranda
0: is adapting it, I guess, or creative producing or whatever it is he's going to do.
1: Doing a lot of work on it.
0: Yeah. Um, and I remember reading that and being like, wow, I love fantasy again. Yeah. And then picking up another fantasy novel and be like, Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I just read like a really good, I read a really good fantasy
1: novel. Right. Yeah, the barrier to entry is really high. It's if you're reading a standalone fantasy novel, there's a lot of work that has to be done to make the world realistic, and then the novel ends, and you're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. But then also buying into one of these big series because they all seem, for the most part, to be big long series at this point. Uh huh. Um, that's a that's a huge commitment. Yeah, and it's.
0: Um, it's not always necessarily going to pay off. You know, there's yeah. just because like the first one is good doesn't mean the next one will be. And yeah, it's a, it's an interesting shell game. Um, however, you know, it's not like there, you, you don't have to create a convincing reality in like a, a realistic novel as well. Uh, right. It's, it's not like you're, you're, you don't have to follow some rules to make things land. Um, but, I think it's I think maybe I just read so much fantasy as a kid that yeah. like uh I I'm less like okay so what do they call swords now in this <laughs> in this one. Yeah. Uh, you know?
1: Yeah. Do you uh find that you also pick pick up sci-fi in the same way? Cuz I find that I, I am I will now pick up one of the two. I will want escapism and I'll be like ah right now I want to think about space or Mm -hmm. like right now I want to think about dragons.
0: I think they both satisfy the same level of escapism for me too. Yeah. Um, I don't need, I don't think like I need a fantasy novel or I need a sci-fi novel. I think just like Barnes and Noble hopes, I want a (laughs) sci-fi fantasy novel. Right. (laughs) Former guest of the show, Ryan Britt, he says all fiction is science fiction. Yeah. Uh, uh, which is a theory that I like and, and I subscribe to. Um, you know, just like you have to believe that hyperdrives will be able to take you to distant stars, you also have to believe that this is an America where everything's the same, except you know this family existed that never existed at all. Right. I prefer something with that's like literary fiction pitched to me as literary fiction with a sci-fi element or a fantasy element. Mm-hmm. I think that that for some reason I can get on board with because it feels like a, a it feels like a twist. Right. It feels like something that something less familiar to me. I think you have you have a similar uh, appetite for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I still every once in a while I love picking up a book that is set in a completely different world with a map in the front and a list of characters in the back and you really like dive into the whole thing. Well, but-
0: and and that's that's why I came to you when we were <laughs>
1: Oh yeah, when we were trying to come up
0: with which, what, what are we gonna read? Yeah, um, and we went back and forth for a while and decided on the uh, a sort of hip YA one.
1: Yeah, YA seems to be the place that like fantasy is really thriving right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Lee Bardugo's Grisha trilogy was one of the big. I myself actually haven't read it, but I've heard a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like Russian influenced but there's like a little bit of airbender airbendery kind of thing going on too right
0: and but it is the sort of medieval thatched roofs yeah uh what whatever that society is
1: yeah yeah it's uh i don't know iron age
0: yeah iron age uh magic yeah. still yeah um and so we uh so she finished the grisha trilogy And decided to stay in the world, but tell a different story. Which I do appreciate. And I was, I I think that was one of the things that made me excited about Six of Crows. Mm -hmm. Was that it was, she was like, I already did my world building. So you're either on board or you're not. Yeah. Wait, Six of Crows uh, is about... um, a heist yeah it's
1: like it is pretty much an oceans 11 style there are some tangential there's like a small romance side plot and like everybody has the thing that they really want but the story is about some people coming together as a team breaking into a place everything goes to hell as they're trying to rob a a place that Uh, is very secure yeah an ice
0: fortress in this case i I did love that yeah um and i loved uh I loved a lot of the the heistiness of it. Of um, sh- there's a furnace shaft mm-hmm. that the um, person who's sort of the uh, the climber, acrobat person who's completely silent. I love that. Um, she has to climb up, but her feet are burning from the edges of the furnace because they were wrong over what day they turned that on. Yeah, like stuff like that. Yeah, I was super on board. And I was really it it was edge of, the, edge of your seat writing. And one of the things that she does really ex- expertly is that um you know, everyone has their reason to be there and she sort of wends through mm-hmm. and and explain and like you you might be reading a regular chapter or you might be reading the reason why uh they are like this.
1: Yeah, she handles multiple narrators and multiple narratives really well Mm -hmm. um you never feel like you are lost there are times where you feel like you don't have all the information but in that way where you're like
0: i will get that
1: information yeah and you're you're like how did they just do that thing amazing flashback
0: Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. yeah there was a lot of delights here um i i was the the main guy kaz is a fascinating character yeah he's
1: a tremendous uh invention
0: yeah, I the one thing that's funny, and, and, and I wondered if, I don't think it was meant to be funny, um, was it is a YA novel, so all these people are like 12
1: to 18. Oh, yeah. Which is <laughs> which which, like... And anytime she would mention the ages, I'd be like, really? <laughs> yeah. You could age all of these characters up to like late 20s. Yeah. Just, and nothing would change. About not like. at all. Not at all. It's just, you know, I mean, that's part
0: of the wondrous things of being in a fantasy novel. You can ages mean whatever you want it to mean.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there is something kind of cool to the idea that like the greatest heist in the history of this world was pulled off by 17 year olds. It feels like the sort of thing that as like a 15 year old reading that I'd be like, whoa. Yeah. I want to do that. Yeah, I want to
0: heist somebody. <laughs> um, what what I thought was truly expert as well was actually the ending, which I won't explain what happens, of mm-hmm. course. But really, I was surprised that she could pull the rug out from under me. Like, yeah, t- twice, really. Yeah. Um, because I th- she like switches back like four times. It's just kind of incredible, and it, it doesn't feel like uh. Um
1: and then this happened.
0: Uh it really feels like very well thought out.
1: Yeah, it feels like a, a cliffhanger from a time when cliffhangers were still something novel and mm-hmm. and new.
0: So this is a duology. Mm-hmm. Um the first one came out last year, Six of Crows, and a Crooked Kingdom came out this year. Yeah. Um and I was talking about uh, Patrick Rothfuss earlier but uh, there's also the George R R Martin of it all. Sure. Of uh of yeah, and, and really even love Grossman. Um yeah. You know, there's there's usually long waits in between these books. Um and I was very gratified to learn that there would be I I that was a big selling point for me. It was like, oh, both <laughs> both these are out. We can jump right into them. Yeah. You actually ended up doing the jumping right in. How did that feel?
1: Yeah, I plowed through both of them uh with no break in between i literally put one down and picked up the second one um i enjoyed it it started some of the things that i really appreciated about the first book started to go to seed a little bit because the second one is a little bit longer and it the first like third of it was a little unfocused compared to like the rocket ship blast of six of crows Mm -hmm. where it's like we have one objective we're going to everything that gets in the way of our objective but we're going there
0: right well uh you know the the crew at the end of six of crows is split up right like things things worked out and but they didn't so there's a bunch of that happening
1: yeah and you're sort of you know inevitably that there's going to be some sort of reunification and that like the bond that they formed over the adventure of the first book is what's going to pull them together to write the wrongs that were done to them. Mm-hmm. And once that starts happening again, it's like they ratchet up the action, they ratchet up the excitement. Um, you know, it, some of the things that you might've been predicting would happen in the first book in terms of relationships and characters living and dying, things like that the stuff that didn't happen in the first book definitely does mm. in the second book. Interesting. But I just, I, I found the second one a little bit less compelling in the same way that I found oceans 12 and oceans 13 less compelling than oceans 11. Okay. Cause it, it, you can, you can't recapture truly the excitement and magic of the first time you do the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did appreciate that she didn't, just rehash it wasn't another heist it wasn't the same novel again um this time it was a little bit more of like fighting the power within the city
0: Mm -hmm. it was it was i who said let's read both um (laughs) actually who pushed us to to get to the second one and it was really because i was having so much fun reading the first one the first half of the first one i was so into and uh and that I think I messaged you on Mm G chat and I was like, let's just do them both buddy. And I was like, what the hell? Why not? Um, but as soon as I started reading the, uh, crooked kingdom, I was just like, Oh no. (laughs) I just realized that, uh, I really only wanted, you know, it was like a truffle, you know, it was, I just wanted one bite and it was very uh, satisfying, but I didn't need to go back for another right away. Yeah. Uh, Um, and, and so I, it's now I have, I have my copy of crooked, kingdom and it is sitting on my shelf and i will read it eventually um but i'm i only felt guilty because i sort of made you read it, <laughs> but you probably would have gone ahead and read the second one anyway
1: i used to do it as a kid certainly i would always like binge through a series mm-hmm. and I, I found something very rewarding about that in a way that i very rarely find as rewarding now mm-hmm. like this was fun and i i did it you know, over the course of basically a week, I read these two books, so it was cool. Like every minute that I was escaping into something, I was hanging out in the same world with the same people, uh, and I liked the people who I was finding there. But it doesn't—that doesn't happen as frequently for me anymore. Right. Um, like the the Expanse, the James S. A. Corey mm-hmm. sci-fi series was one where I read the second and third books pretty much back to back. And those books are enormous. They're each like 650 pages. Two thirds of the way through the third one, I was just like, oh, okay. I still love space and everything, but you know, come on. Yeah. Let's go.
0: I feel like uh, um, something that I'm learning as I age is just like, just like all of my habits are now having to change a little bit. (laughs) Um, This is another, this is another habit that's going to change is like the way I read is is different now.
1: It's cool to be conscious of it because I feel like we are at an age now where we really can look and see like, oh, I've had different reading lives.
0: Definitely. And you know, maybe that's, that's as, that's our transition maybe to the reading life of 2016.
1: Yeah. This, this weird surreal year.
0: So, we are going to uh, jump into our our top six. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did this last year, and the rules are the same, if you remember that episode. And if you don't remember that episode, <laughs> guess what? <laughs> Go listen to it! No, that's, um, not, that's not what no, I was No, that wasn't say. the one. No, I was going to say, <laughs> uh, we're, we don't do this in any order. We chose four together. Yep. And then we both chose one to throw on the list as well.
1: Yeah. Um. And also inevitably we will probably be like, Oh, there was this book too, but you know, whatever.
0: Of course. You yeah. Know? And you all know how it goes. Uh, uh, it's, it's hard to choose just six. Um, I know that we've made it up <laughs> <laughs> so we could choose more. Yeah. Um, but it's just not good radio. So why don't you start us off? What's, what's the book?
1: Um, sure. I will claim uh, the one I think I've read the most recently uh. nutshell by Ian McEwan. Uh, so good. I've, um, very strange concept it's a baby in utero nine months like ready to be born conscious and living out a version of hamlet Mm -hmm. his mom is uh sleeping with his uncle they're plotting to murder his dad um
0: i think one of the great joys of that book is uh the baby's affection for wine oh my god and but yeah. he's like there's nothing like a, a chablis you know decanted yeah he, through like, a placenta
1: yeah he can talk about the terroir of these wines and you're just like what but every time you come up with this thing we're like it doesn't make sense that a baby would know this mcguin is right there and he's no, he like ha- i learned this because my mom's been listening to podcasts yeah and you're like well okay <laughs> sure. why not
0: yeah i uh i was I'm, I'm way down way down it was so much fun i um i listened to it Oh cool. Uh Rory Kinnear does the vo- the reading of it and it's a great listen. It's only 5 hours.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, that, it's a short it's a short little book, too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a tiny little thing. What's next? Next up is um f- former guest of the show, uh Stephanie Danler. Mhm. Her Sweet Bitter uh, has stuck through as being memorable and lovely yeah. and um sad.
1: I think it's the book that I have pressed on the most people this yeah year. uh
0: and I also feel like it's the book that we've had to do the least amount of pressing I feel like mm-hmm. everybody has just fallen for this book um, yeah goodread's rating be damned um <laughs> and I think that it's one of those books where it's is where it's now so large that it could be kind of attracting the wrong type of person for it mm-hmm. where it's like uh you know it's like bestseller syndrome uh, yeah it, you know it's it's something you see more uh when you know the Pulitzer shortlists come out or the um or the National Book Awards shortlist where people pick it up because it's on an award list and they're like, This isn't a good book,
1: yeah, and listen, I mean it's great that right now, if people are picking up one book, they're picking up the underground railroad, yeah, um and that's that is a book that like everybody should be reading where sweet bitter yeah maybe there are some people who are not going to be down with like the promiscuous sex and drug use and nihilism of being in your 20s living in new york city yeah but like if you get down and, with it that it won't
0: be uh and aren't going to be thrilled by the adventures of a, of a waitress yeah um but but however if you are someone who um likes very poetic and, and beautiful writing and and strong deep characterization she she comes through in spades
1: that book is also certainly the debut of the year.
0: Oh, me. yeah, definitely. Okay, you throw another one up.
1: Another guest of the show. Becoming a trend, becoming a theme. Yeah. Uh, Hannah Patard's Listen to Me.
0: Let me ask you, is this theme be, is this partially because we got to talk to them, so now we like their books even more?
1: Well, listen, that's really fun. And Ian, if you're listening and we want to yeah. come on the show...
0: Yeah, come and join us.
1: You'll need to buy your own plane ticket, but... Um, there is something really cool, though, about getting to read a book that you really like and then talking to the author and discovering you like the book even more.
0: Yeah. And Listen to Me is, um, it's a fun experiment. It's, it's sort of like a fun experiment in the same way that Nutshell is a fun experiment. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's part of the reason why I loved them so much is they didn't feel like traditional novels. Yeah. So, and I felt, you know, I felt off kilter for them. Totally. Where you just kind of don't know what's going to go down.
1: Listen to me is one of those great, truly, you cannot put it down reading experiences.
0: Right, and you really shouldn't. You should read it as as much of one go as you can. Yeah, um, because it really does take place in just like a few hours of driving, and then a, and then a night. Yeah, a sleepless it, night.
1: You know, it's as we as we look at moments that uh, cause tension in our understanding of one another. Uh-huh. It is also subtly, as it is on the surface, like a great propulsive thriller. It is also a great look at reminding you to like talk to the person sitting next to you and actually right. pay attention to them. Seek context, yes, as I like to say. Oh, very good, very good, very good. Do you want to give us another one? Yeah, I'll throw
0: another book on the list. Um, again, it's <laughs> a uh, it's a guest. It's Jade Chang's Wings Versus the World. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this was such. I mean, the high wire beginning of this book. Mm-hmm. It, it, it should thrill you. Uh, just, I don't know, I, I was completely and utterly wrapped. And then the family is just fantastic to spend time with. Yeah, totally. And uh, it's funny and sweet. And uh, I actually did read No Coins, Please. Oh, yeah. The Gordon Corman uh, novel. And I totally see why No Coins, Please uh, is was a perhaps unknown progenitor of that book. <laughs> uh, Excellent. Yeah, Wings versus the World just... It's, uh, everyone loves a rags to riches story and everyone really loves a rags to riches to rags story. Yeah. So, uh, this is a, this is a, one of those ones and it's really, really great.
1: Yeah. that was, a another lovely, uh, debut, lovely addition to the writers we love.
0: Mm hmm. Definitely. Okay, so now these are the two books, the, the ones we say next. Um, I haven't read this one, and you haven't read mine. Yeah, yeah. So, what's what's your addition? What's um, your Drew Drew pick?
1: This is it's. I think the earliest book I read in 2016, actually. Okay. Uh, or like very early, I read it in beginning of January, and it has stuck around. Um,
0: it's no small feat.
1: Charlie Jane Anders' All the Birds in the Sky. Uh, which I've talked about on the show before. It's a perfect meld of sci-fi and fantasy, a witch and like a, a brainiac. Um, and it's sort of over the course of their lives from childhood to like their early 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I mean, it's like, it's shaggy at times and it's a little crazy and you're like, wow. But it's just, it. I was so impressed by how audacious it was how fun it was and thinking about what we were talking about today and the idea of escapism that book just man talk about escaping into it i read it in like a day and just fell into it
0: Mm, definitely how about you i'm gonna recommend uh a a monster of a book uh Annie prowls bark skins.
1: Oh cool.
0: Yeah. This was a this was a book I was um I I I'm actually really interested in the idea of logging um of, okay. of like of like novels set in a in in logging because it seemed like just the craziest thing to have happened just just that we, cutting down trees. Cutting down trees, but but not just cutting down trees, but just like burning down forests. Yeah. Because they were in the way. <laughs>
1: they're in the way of our american of, destiny
0: of of different trees that they have to cut <laughs> down <laughs> and it's just it's so unreal um and she says that she like the first thing that she does when she's starting to write a book is research uh-huh and that she researches until she literally can't anymore and then starts writing well and so in this case i i mean i i can only imagine she has just the The amount of trees that have died for the books that she, <laughs> she consumed to write this. It's so well researched and fascinating. And you follow, um, you're just following the generations of these, these two guys come over sort of as indentured servants mm. into new France, AKA Canada. Yeah. Um, and you follow their descendants all the way to the present.
1: Oh, Wow. Uh, I didn't realize it comes all the way to the present. All the
0: way to the present. Cool. Um, And yes, it does not
1: really quite
0: work all the time. Um, And she definitely decides like to start stretching her fingers and do the, um, now we really need to protect these trees. Uh, Yes. Um, Which I knew that's what was coming. Yeah. Uh, But she, you know, it does feel a little bit like a heavy handed But maybe we need some heavy hands on that anyway.
1: Yeah, sure. Right now.
0: But it's a strange book and there's just a lot of crazy, weird stuff that happens. And uh, the, the type of people that decide to cut down trees turn out to be fascinating people. And we don't need to do recommendations, do we?
1: Yeah, I think these are pretty safely. These are our recommendations. These are our recommendations on the year. Yeah. Um, don't worry. We're not, it's not the end of the year totally yet.
0: No, no. We're going to do one more episode. Yeah.
1: You know how sometimes British TV shows come back with like a Christmas special?
0: Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah,
1: it's going to be great.
0: It's going to be really fun. Um, um, but while you're waiting for that. Um make yourself a whiskey hot cocoa yep, sit down and give us five stars on iTunes
1: yes, please that's our that's what we would like for the holidays for seriously
0: me. we have thirty three reviews right now if it could get up to fifty before the end of the year Christopher would lose his mind. I would lose my goddamn mind <laughs> <laughs> uh please just do it
1: Merry Christmas baby You showed the treatment I Merry Christmas, baby You sure did treat me nice Yes, you did,
0: man Go
1: take a nap and then fire some missiles
0: Okay Maybe I'll just let you do more of your French accent
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Used to be better Uh, (laughs) Better? Okay Some good
0: music on my radio
1: oh, love.